welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. So glad to be coming to you today on the first day of fall. Can you believe that? Time flies, doesn't it? Oh my goodness, the first day of fall. Doesn't feel like it down here in South Louisiana. I'm out uh, just outside of New Orleans. And uh, boy, it's, it's pretty hot. And I think, if I recall correctly, looking at the weather the last couple of days, we've had some record temperatures across uh, the majority of the country. Uh, so you may be uh, sweating a little bit more too, wherever you are. <laughs> I tell you what, it's been in the 90s here and you know we, we have had uh, quite a bit of rain uh, this summer and uh, moving into, into the fall here, we've had some record rainfall across South Louisiana. You may have heard about this. Uh, although uh, rumor has it, at least from what I've heard, that a lot of uh, uh, the, the on the national uh, uh, news stage, at least, there wasn't as much um, airtime given to to the flooding that took place in uh, in South Louisiana uh, this past month, and uh, it's kind of shocking to me. I mean, of course, you know, we we hear about it down here because it's it's happening, but we've had devastation in South Louisiana uh, that rivals, if not exceeds, uh, Katrina. And it, we had no hurricane. There was no hurricane. Uh, I think we're going on five weeks now since the, the flooding, and it was uh, uh, shocking and, and a complete surprise, too. We, we did not expect this. If you saw uh, ahead of time, you saw what the, uh, the, the forecast was calling for. Uh, it certainly wasn't what, what actually happened. Uh, we're a system uh, with a tremendous amount of rain uh, hanging out right over the Gulf uh, and, and, and where the, the Gulf and the land meets practically, uh, kind of hitting that Baton Rouge, Lafayette area, uh, a tremendous amount of rainfall over the course of like two days. It's, it was unbelievable and, uh, flooding, historic flooding never has happened before. If you recall, if you've listened to the show here, you may have seen this on the news back in March, March of, uh, it was March 11th, I believe, uh, there was record, uh, flooding in South Louisiana then too, but it was more toward the east, kind of where I am, uh, the north shore of New Orleans, the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain, uh, a lot of flooding, and it was due to the fact that there was a, a, a lot of rainfall to the north and uh, west of us, uh, kind of out of state, but because of the uh, the waterways, the the, the rivers and, and streams uh, and the lakes that we have here in uh, Louisiana, it's just the way, way the, the water flows uh, when there is flooding up north. Uh, but on top of the water flowing south uh, to us, we had a significant amount of rainfall as well. And so we had, I've talked about this on the show, uh, my alma mater, St. Joseph Seminary College, uh, flooded. Again, historic flood. They were calling it a 500-year flood. They had not had rain and flooding like that in 500 years. Places that uh, there were no, you know, people who had no flood insurance because they weren't in a flood zone. It had never flooded there before. <laughs> you know, uh, all of a sudden found themselves uh, with water up to the ceiling, in some cases, up to the ceiling, up to the roof. Uh, just crazy stuff. That was back in March 11th and then for a second time this year to have this area again not the exact same area we're talking a little bit more to the east but generally speaking the same area south louisiana um hit with this with record floodings they were saying it wasn't a 500 year flood this go round 
It was more like a thousand year flood. There were areas, one whole parish, we call them parishes here, you know, you may call them um, counties, but one whole parish, Livingston Parish, was practically decimated. I mean, 90%, over 90% uh, total damage uh, of that, that area. Whole subdivisions, whole business areas gone because it's, it's irreparable that the flooding was so great. So this is the, the, the stuff that has been happening. And, and, and then from the, the rains, of course, that we've had has kind of cooled the area a bit. We have had a, some break in the weather. We have had a, a few cool fronts come through. And that's been nice. <laughs> a little redemption there, right? A little redemption is always nice. Uh, but on the whole, we have seen record heat here um, the last few weeks. And, uh, and I'm looking forward, I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to the fall. And here we are, first day of fall. Uh, very exciting. Uh, the fall for me is probably my, my favorite season. You know, I get very excited with the fall weather. You get kind of, the weather kind of turns cool a bit. Again, for you, it may be a different experience. I know for me, we have had years where on Christmas Eve, we're still walking around in shorts and t-shirts because it's not very cool. Uh, normally that really cold weather doesn't hit us until a bit later uh, in the winter. Uh, but sometimes you never know, we luck out. And in the fall, we get a little bit of coolness. Don't feel it today though. <laughs> that is for sure, we don't feel it today. But uh, one of the things that I am so excited about uh, when we look at uh, the fall here in South Louisiana, is the fact that uh, kind of like the spring, in the springtime, you know, we have a lot of uh, festivals. That's like the big deal. Wintertime, there's not a whole lot going on outside, right? Not a whole lot going on. Why? Because it's cold. Uh, and I think that's probably across the board, probably where you are too. Same thing happens. Same thing happens here. There's not a whole lot going on. However, in the springtime, we have a, a one festival, it seems like one festival after the other in the springtime on the weekends, whether it is a parish or school festival or a community festival. You know, the one of the biggest ones, world famous, world famous, uh, is, well, we have a couple of world famous ones in the spring that I love uh, to go to. One is the French Quarter Festival, uh, where you have people, you have music, and, and down here, you know, we pull together, we pull together two aspects, two things that make our festivals what they are, and it's food and music. So these food and music always perpetually will be together uh, at these festivals. But the French Quarter Festival pulls um, music groups from across the world. We've had groups that come in from uh, from Germany, from, from kind of all over the place, uh, which is amazing. You have all these different bands playing music uh, over the course of four days uh, in the French Quarter, different stages set up outside, and, and food from all over. Restaurants from all over will set up tents and, and they serve food out of these tents uh, throughout the French Quarter area. Really a, a, an amazing thing. And then you have uh, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, also known as Jazz Fest, big, big deal down here. Drawing, again, crowds from all over the world. People come from all over the world to go to Jazz Fest every year. Uh, and they have had, I think the last couple of years, we've had record uh, crowds there. Uh, I don't have those numbers handy, but um, you know, you can Google it. it. It's amazing the amount of people who come in. And again, these things are great too for the local economy here because it does, it's, you know, New Orleans is a hospitality 
uh, tourist uh, type of place. Uh, that's it's a, a large part of, of the, uh, the economy here is from uh, tourism and from the hospitality industry. Uh, so it's a big deal for us, you know, uh, to be hosts to uh, these great uh, festivals that draw people from all over. Uh, so those are two of the, the big festivals in the fall uh, that we have here. We also have, and every year you, you hear me talk about this because it's my probably my favorite festival for a lot of different reasons, but Greek Fest uh, at the Holy Trinity Greek Orthodox Cathedral in New Orleans. Greek Fest is over, I believe it's uh, Labor Day. Uh, every May. It's the last weekend in May every year. Uh, And that's always just such a treat for us. And I always get Labor Day and Memorial Day mixed up. But if I remember correctly, Labor Day is in May and Memorial Day is in September. Uh, I don't know why I get those two confused, but I do. Uh, So those are some of the festivals that we have in the spring, and and I I love them, right? It's just a lot of fun. The weather's changing. You're going out in the springtime. Things are kind of warming up, uh, but it's not too hot, you know, not too hot yet. Uh, You can still kind of bear being outside, and and it's just a a lot of fun to be there with other people, whether it's friends, family, uh, even strangers that you get to to meet and and just enjoy the weather, the food, the music with. Uh, It's always uh, a lot of fun. And we have the same sort of experience, the same feel, if you will, for these fall festivals. Now, the fall festivals, not all of them, are going to be as well known as those in the spring. Uh, but they are some really, we have some really great festivals coming up. And I understand, you may not be in New Orleans. You may be saying, well, who cares? <laughs> I'm not going to be there. I'm not in New Orleans. So what's the big deal? Well, I'm going to share these with you for a couple of different reasons. First of all, uh, because it's, it, it, they're fun right? They're fun. And it's also something that it can kind of maybe inspire other folks to, uh, to think outside the box as far as what they do in their own areas. You know, you may not be able to go to the fried chicken festival. Yes, that is right. We have a fried chicken festival, but Hey, it may inspire you to say, Hey, let me, let me do a little cookout or something, invite some, uh, my extended family over or, or friends or, or whatever. And we're going to do some fried chicken on this particular weekend because I heard the Catholic foodie talking about this crazy thing they do in New Orleans. They got this fried chicken festival and, and boy, that sounds good. And, and what a great way to get people together. I'm going to invite some folks over and we're going to do this at my house, right? That, that may be, uh, something that, that could benefit you. And that's really what this is all about. We talk about food and faith here at the Catholic Foodie or on the Catholic Foodie Show. Why? Because that's how God made us. God made us for communion. And oftentimes that communion takes place around the table, right? Around a meal. And uh, I'm just here to give you a few ideas, hopefully some inspiration and encouragement to get you around that table together with your family, your friends. And hey, why not invite some strangers over too? Get to know them, be a little hospitable, especially in this year of mercy. Reach out to others and to be sort of a bridge, uh, a bridge builder like Pope Francis, the pontifex, the Pope, the bridge builder, and, uh, and, and try to bring people a little bit closer to God this year. So we're going to be talking about festivals, fall festivals this year uh, on today's 
Network Show, the Catholic Foodie Show. I am so glad that you are joining me today. You know, you can find more of the shows. These shows are always saved as a podcast. You can find more of those over at catholicfoodie.com or visit the show page over at breadboxmedia.com. This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at catholicfoodie.com. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. We got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. Again, so glad that you could join me today on the first day of fall, uh, my favorite time of the year. You know, we're talking fall festivals today on The Catholic Foodie Show, and uh, we have a number of these. Of course, they're all going to be around my area, right? I'm in New Orleans, uh, and as I mentioned last segment, this isn't, I mean, maybe you're coming. Maybe you're going to be here great that's awesome you can you can take advantage of of uh some of these festivals we have this fall and matter of fact there's so many festivals uh between now and the end of the year there's no way that i can share all of them with you so i'm just going to go through kind of a a, a a number that kind of i don't know appeal to me and hopefully will appeal to you as well but before we jump into the festivals uh specifically i do want to talk to you about an event that is coming up. It's actually uh, this coming Sunday and Monday. And uh, I don't know if you've heard about this yet, but it's called the Olive Mass. And I'm going to try to pull up here uh, my handy dandy info cheat sheet, see if I can pull this up to share this with you. I am super excited about this event. Um, you, you may have heard of Father Leo Padalinghug. I have uh, talked about him before, uh, and of course, he is very well known uh, around the United States. He is the cooking priest. Matter of fact, if you are on Twitter, his Twitter handle is cooking priest. I believe there's an underscore between those two words, cooking priest. Um, but Father Leo uh, is a uh, was a classmate of my friend Monsignor Christopher Nalty, who is also the co-host of a radio show I do in New Orleans on Friday afternoons called Around the Table. And uh, you may have heard some clips from that show that I have shared here on this daily show, The Catholic Foodie Show. Uh, A lot of fun, a lot of fun. And Father Leo has always loved to cook, just like Monsignor Christopher Nalty. Both love to cook. They studied together in Rome. Um, and, And Father Leo is up in, I believe he is in Maryland. That is where he is uh, stationed, where he where he lives. Uh, but he has a, a ministry, as far as I can recall, and I'm I'm kind of not 100% on all these details. But I believe that his he is assigned right. His full time ministry is uh, a ministry called Grace Before Meals. So he does a lot of the same things that I do here uh, at the Catholic Foodie. But he can do this full time, right? It's his full time ministry is full-time work, which is just a, a wonderful, wonderful thing, a great blessing. So he, he is trying to get families again around the table. Why? Because it is so vitally important. And for, uh, for millennia, <laughs> there was never really an issue, a problem with getting people around the table. It's just the way daily life was structured, the way society was structured, right? Meals were in common, meals were shared. Why? Because it took a family to put a meal on the table, right? The, the women stayed home and cooked. The men were out hunting and gathering. And, uh, and it took everybody to, it took, a, it took hours in a day, hours in a day 
to put together that meal for that night. So that's just the way it was. And it's kind of ingrained in us as human beings, this, this, this desire for, communi- uh, for communion, community, which we find around the table. And that's just the way God made us. And so Father Leo, with Grace Before Meals, is trying to do his part in creating uh, media. He does some uh, videos. He's got a, a television show on EWTN. Uh, he does uh, radio. He's got a radio show he does on uh, Sirius XM. Uh, and, and also writing. So he does cookbooks and, uh, and, and writes on for online, online content, a blog, uh, with Grace Before Meals. So very exciting uh, stuff that he's already doing, but he wants to build on that. And so he has, in conjunction with a number of other folks, of you know, good-willed people, uh, has put together or built uh, a foundation called the Table Foundation. And uh, it's a relatively new foundation. And what he has done is he is putting together an event, a fundraising event, but it's more than just a fundraising event. It is a, an event of goodwill. And the kickoff event, the first one ever, is taking place uh, this coming Sunday and Monday in the city of New Orleans, you know, which is world-renowned for its food and its music. And uh, it's going to take place uh, at, at, well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it, okay, first, and I'll tell you what some of the specifics. Uh, in case you're interested, if you're in the area, maybe you can attend uh, the Mass and the reception uh, next Monday. But basically what this is, the Olive Mass, right? You may have heard that there's such thing as a Red Mass for uh, attorneys, right? There's a special Mass uh, that, that can take place in different uh, areas to sort of um, pray for, uh, to honor, but also to pray for those folks who serve in that particular career, in that particular work. So for attorneys, there is this thing called uh, the Red Mass. Uh, There is a Blue Mass uh, for those who are in law enforcement. So these are two uh, special masses that are are said uh, certain days throughout the year, uh, or each year, I should say, uh, to honor and, and also to call our attention to the ministry of, the work of, and also to pray for those folks who are in that ministry So what uh, or in that career. So what Father Leo wanted to do with the Table Foundation is to honor and to bring together and to pray for those folks, chefs and cooks, uh, servers, all those who work in the food and hospitality industry. So that's really what it's all about. It's, it's beautiful, uh, uh, incredible thing that he's doing here. He says, for the first time, the Catholic Church in America will have a national gathering to honor, bless, encourage, and inspire people involved in the food and hospitality industry. Come, meet, come and meet national and internationally recognized chefs who turn their food into real blessings for their families, communities, and our global, fam- global human family. Specifically featured guests are Chefs for Peace, which is a nonprofit group of Christian, Jewish, and Muslim chefs who work and cook together to foster peace and brotherhood in the Middle East. I had the, uh, the honor, the blessing of uh, working together with them when I traveled to the Holy Land back in 2014. So very excited to, uh, uh, to see this happening and also know that they're going to be a part of this. There's a delegation that will be present uh, for the Olive Mass uh, on Monday, but also part of the dinner that they're going to have on Sunday. So I'll tell you more about that shortly. Uh, This little intro here continues. It says, this year, the chairpersons for this special event are Chef John Besh and his wife, Jennifer, board member of the Table Foundation, 
you can reserve your place, uh, blah, blah, blah. They're talking a little bit more about uh, the event. So what are they going to have? They have a schedule of events here. What are they going to have? Uh, they're going to have a fundraising dinner on Sunday, September 25th. It's this, this coming Sunday uh, from 7 to 9.30. It's located at the James Beard award-winning Shia restaurant. You've probably heard me talk about that before. Wonderful restaurant named after Alan, Chef Alan Shia. Award-winning. It's an amazing place. Uh, that's going to be on Sunday night. It is sold out. They have already sold out. There was a limit, I believe, of 70 tickets, and they have uh, sold out. I am honored to uh, be attending that uh, dinner um, as Father Leo's guest. So that, that's going to be a, a wonderful occasion. And I will share more with you about that next week on the show. Very excited. I may even try to bring you along, bring my little microphone along and see what I can capture, a little audio or something to share with you next week. I'm excited about that. And then on uh, Monday, the next day, September 26th, which happens to be my mom's birthday. So happy birthday, mama. Uh, that's exciting. There's going to be a mass. It's open to the public. Uh, they do ask that you register for it so they can get a good count on the numbers. But it's at 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, at the cathedral, St. Louis Cathedral in uh, uh, the French Quarter there. The mass is a gathering to recognize, encourage, inspire, and bless those professionals in the food, beverage, and hospitality industry. The Catholic Church has offered similar prayerful and inspiring gatherings for the medical community, the white mass, the legal professionals, the red mass, and emergency and law enforcement known as the blue mass. Uh, the event is open to all at no cost. And then following the mass that day at the Ursuline, the historic Ursuline convent, there's going to be a reception. It goes from 12 to 2.30 and uh, very excited about this. Uh, Chefs for Peace and uh, Chef John Besh will be providing the food for that event. If you cannot attend, you can go to... Uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, by the way, so you can see this. But there is a website for the Olive Mass. If you can't attend and you want to see the good work, some of the stuff that uh, Father Leo Padalinghug has planned for outreach, you know, with the Table Foundation, uh, I'm going to have a link in the show notes that will take you there. It's the Olive Mass dot... Golly, I can't remember right now, and I can't, I can't see it. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Of course, you could always just Google Olive Mass, and that'll show up. Uh, But Father Leo uh, outlines on the Table Foundation website, he outlines a lot of the the works that are planned for this new foundation, the ways that he is going to try to reach out to uh, families uh, across the country uh, from all different backgrounds to try to uh, inspire and encourage the same, same sort of mission that I have, right, to inspire and encourage families to get back around the table, to get into the kitchen together and to get back around the table. So I cannot recommend this uh, event and uh, the work of Father Leo highly enough. And I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of, at least to be in attendance um, on Sunday at the dinner. And also my family and I, we will be there on uh, Monday for the mass and the reception. Uh, it's an honor and delight to do that. So I will have more information for you in the show notes. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Isn't that fantastic? You ought to reach out to Father Leo uh, on uh, uh, Twitter. Cooking Priest is the, uh, ha- the the handle that he uses. Reach out to him there or shoot him a little email or something through his website, Grace Before Meals. Congratulate him on the great work that he is doing. 
so you are listening here to the Catholic Foodie uh, Show on Breadbox Media. We are we're coming up on a break here, but I want to remind you all the shows that we have here, all the shows that you may listen to live here on uh, Breadbox Media. You can find they are a, a, available via podcast. You can listen to them on iTunes or whatever uh, application you like to use to listen to podcasts. You can uh, visit uh, my website, uh, catholicfoodie.com, to find those uh, podcast episodes, or just go to breadboxmedia.com and check out the Catholic Foodie show page. There's also lots of other great shows over there. We do have to take a break. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie show. I am Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie so glad to be coming to you today on the first day of fall, my favorite season. It's not, uh, you know, hopefully down here the the temperatures will drop a little bit. It'll feel a little bit more cool and nice and refreshing and we won't have as many mosquitoes and, you know, perhaps, you never know. It varies from year to year. It's always a, a gamble, but you never know. We may actually see some changes in the colors of the leaves. <laughs> If you live up north, you know fall is a beautiful, beautiful time of the year uh, with the, the leaves just changing. You get these vibrant, gorgeous, beautiful colors. It's just so amazing to see. And I have spent time up uh, up north, you know, lived in Steubenville for a couple of years and going to school up there. And just I've seen the beautiful changes in the, in the trees and the leaves. And uh, wow, amazing. I just got to tell you, it, that doesn't happen down here. <laughs> not often, not all the time. I mean, sometimes we do get that. But like I said, it, from year to year, it varies. Uh, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. So sometimes we go from green to brown to none. <laughs> Seemingly overnight. And that that's, I don't know, just the way it is. It's so hot down here. Well, we're talking fall festivals on the show today. Uh, very excited. We've got a lot of festivals we could talk about. Of course, you know, we have limited time. Can't talk about all of them, but I want to share some of them with you. Knowing, knowing that uh, you probably will not be able to be present at these festivals, but that's okay. Uh, the whole point of me sharing this is to share the joy uh, that we have and and hopefully sometimes being able to attend these festivals not all the time can't happen you know life's busy uh but the joy that we have with the content of these festivals which is going to be food and music and uh, share the joy there and hopefully some inspiration maybe get you and your family around the table uh to share some of these types of foods you know uh, the fried chicken festival that's the 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 example i shared with you earlier the fried chicken festival and uh, <laughs> I will, believe me, don't worry, don't worry, don't panic. I will be sharing details of the Fried Chicken Festival with you uh, very soon. So uh, very exciting uh, to share, as I did last segment with you, the upcoming uh, Olive Mass. Please do uh, check that out. See the good work that Father Leo is uh, doing with the Table Foundation. I believe the website is thetablefoundation.org. Uh, you can always find more information also from him at uh, gracebeforemeals.com. And um, of course, of course, of course, I will put all those links, direct links to all of that information in the show notes for this show over at catholicfoodie.com. So you just visit catholicfoodie.com. You're going to see it right there. Click on those very safe links that I will put there. It'll take you right to where you want to go. 
So, uh, very exciting. All right, so let's dig in. Let's dig into some of these festivals that are coming up. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, these these are not all in New Orleans proper. Some of them, some of them are, and uh, we. Yeah, it just makes it easier for me to get to if they are there. I am trying to do three things at once, so it's not uh, not an easy task for me. Not an easy task for me. But let's talk about let's go ahead and talk about this fried chicken festival first. You know that's uh, that is coming up. As I mentioned, we have festivals that go from now until the end of the year. It is it's just crazy. It's just one thing after another. It seems like every every weekend practically. And uh, fried chicken festival. What is it about the fried chicken festival? Well, here's the deal, folks. The Fried Chicken Festival, this is uh, the inaugural, inaugural Fried Chicken Festival, right? This is the first one, first one. It's set to take place on Sunday, September 25th. It's this Sunday from 11 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock in the evening at Lafayette Square, which is located uh, in the Central Business District in New Orleans. Uh, the Fried Chicken Festival is a free outdoor uh, festival that brings food, music, family, and festivities together all in celebration of that classic southern dish, fried chicken. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. I love me some fried chicken. I'm telling you, I do. I love it. I can't cook it too well. <laughs> there is an art, folks. I'm telling you, it's an art to cooking fried chicken and doing it well. And that art has to do with maintaining a consistent temperature with your oil. That is a feat that I have yet to master. Now, I will say, I will say that uh, about, it's been a number of months now, about six months ago, my dad gave me one of those fry daddy contraptions. Have you heard of those before? It's, it's this little fryer. It's, it's a standalone unit. Uh, you put your oil in there and uh, you can uh, set the temperature and you can fry stuff. Now, it's, it's, it's not as big as like a big, big, big pot, but it's big enough to do a little bit of chicken at a time or if you're doing onion rings or french fries or whatever. I have uh, yet to, um, to try it, and, and, I, and I say that. I'm kind of ashamed as I say it that I haven't tried it yet, haven't used it. But, I mean, the trick is, is that, uh, you know, my wife has a rule in the house, and that rule is there is no frying. No frying inside. So, you know why? Because it makes the house stink. <laughs> you can't get rid of that smell. So, you know what you cooked three or four days ago because of the smell. Um, so, I can't I can't fry in the house. And it is just so hot outside. I don't want to go outside and fry anything. Too hot. Too hot. So, we're going to have to try this, though, soon. And I have to see if I can get over my fear of frying chicken. My, my problem is I either burn it, you know, overcook it because I'm too scared that I'm going to do the usual thing, which is pull it too soon, and it's not going to be cooked all the way through. The outside looks beautiful, but the inside is not cooked. Why? Because my oil is not a consistent temperature. Now, hopefully, this little contraption, this fry daddy thing that my dad got uh, can fix that for me. So we'll see. I will have to report back to you as the weather cools and I give it a try. But uh, the festival is going to include events such as the Fried Chicken Wing Eating Contest and the Best Fried Chicken 
contest, which, which will be judged by local and national food writers, bloggers, and critics. Lamentably, lamentably, I did not get an invitation to be a judge. <sighs> well, this is the inaugural event, and maybe next year, right? Maybe, maybe next year I could be a judge. For the, and that's one contest I'd love to, to be a judge. Uh, in addition, there will be entertainment, more than 20 restaurants providing their own unique twist on this beloved dish. And there are a couple of places uh, in New Orleans, a couple of restaurants that are known. Matter of fact, uh, a couple of them claim claim to have the best fried chicken uh, in, the, in, the, in the city. So I wonder we'd have to see what kind of showdown they have going on with the fried chicken and uh, that taste uh, taste test you know I did a, I did I was a judge at a gumbo uh, contest a couple of years ago and I have to tell you uh, I think I think that experience has instilled in me a certain trepidation or a certain amount of fear when it comes to judging food contests I tell you why um, you know one of the categories they had in that contest was uh, exotic. I think that was the the euphemism, <laughs> the euphemism that they used uh, for that category was the exotic category. See, I like I like the classic category. I like the uh, traditional category. Those are the kind of categories I like. <laughs> and if you were going to do something like I don't know. Uh, Cajun gumbo versus Creole gumbo, right? I, I can handle that. But this um, this exotic category, well, let's just say it was uh, not my favorite. All right, not my favorite. Why? Well, I guess you know some of the some of the things they do. It's exotic, right? They're trying to they're trying to think outside the box, and sometimes they think a little too far outside the box. And uh, that was my experience. I'm, of course, they don't tell us much about the gumbos they're putting in front of us. We just know what category it's from. And I'm telling you, I, I must have tasted 20-something gumbos. And so you, you, it, it's tricky. It's tricky because, you know, they bring some of these gumbos in and you're tasting the first couple, first three, four, five, six, whatever. You're tasting them and you're going, boy, that's good. You know, oh, that's good. So you want to take another bite because they, they, they're only going to leave that bowl in front of you for a short amount of time because <laughs> you're just supposed to be tasting it. You're not supposed to eat the whole thing. But some of them are good and the good ones you want, oh, let me, let me have another bite. Oh, let me, let, me, let me have a third bite. Let me, let me have a fourth bite. You know, but you don't want to get too full because you still, and we didn't know, I didn't know exactly how many they ha- I had coming, but you know, you still got... 20 gumbos to come, right? 20 gumbos coming your way. So it's, it's, you got to be careful. You don't want to fill up and then be miserable at the end. You're giving all the gumbos bad grades, right? Oh, this one's terrible because you can't stomach it. (laughs) You don't want to, you don't want that to happen. You want to get so full that you end up being unfair, right? So, uh, but some of these exotic ones, just not the kind of things I like to eat. I, I give you one example. One example only. One of the exotic gumbos, you know, no, let me just say this first. Normally, traditional gumbo, chicken and andouille or chicken and sausage, uh, shrimp gumbo, shrimp and okra, uh, seafood gumbo, you know, these are kind of traditional. You can have a duck 
in sausage. Those are traditional. One of the exotic ones, matter of fact, it was my least favorite. I can tell you that. My least favorite one was a rattlesnake gumbo. A rattlesnake gumbo. <laughs> now, I tell you, I, I I don't eat rattlesnake ever. I, I have no desire to. I, I don't want to. That's not my thing. Uh-uh. And yet, and yet, I had to eat a rattlesnake gumbo. Not my favorite, I gotta tell you. Not my favorite. We do have to take a break, folks. We're gonna be back, though, in just a minute. You're listening to the, to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Jeff Young. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host. So glad that you are here with me today. And man, I got a surprise. I got a surprise. I was busy during the break. You know, we talked earlier about the Olive Mass, and I thought, let me go ahead and see if I can uh, get my friend Father Leo on the phone. And so I let my fingers do the walking, and guess what? He's here. Welcome, Father Leo. Hey, Jeff. Good to chat with you, and it's good to be with you. Looking forward to seeing you and all the faithful foodies pretty soon. That's right. I mentioned earlier in the show about the event you have coming up here in New Orleans, the Olive Mass uh, which is a Sunday, I mean, I, I'm sorry, is Monday, the 26th, and then you mm-hmm. have a, a, a special dinner the night before at Shia. You have a lot of players involved here. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about what's going mm-hmm. on? Yeah, so listen, this, this Olive Mass is really a product of conversation from uh, the Table Foundation, which is my nonprofit group, and we knew we wanted to do something to honor chefs and so we looked at what the church has done in the past with the white mass for doctors, red mass for lawyers, and blue mass for you know civil protection services. But there's really nothing for people in the food industry, yet they're at the forefront of forming culture. And there was no better place to celebrate this celebration, really, but then in, uh, in New Orleans. And we call it the olive mass because it's not just a color. It's also very symbolic for Christians and in the scriptures particularly. And that's why on Sunday night we're going to have, I don't know if you know this, uh, but we're also going to have a traveler's mass for anyone who's coming into town and can't get to mass in the morning. They can come to the Immaculate Conception Church at 5 o'clock on uh, Sunday. It's at Barone Street. And after that, we've got a sold-out dinner at uh, Chef John Besch's um, a Lon Shia collaboration, and that's going to have chefs for peace, which are Christian, Jewish, Muslim chefs, cooking to uh, to show that even though we're different religions, and they work primarily in the Middle East and in the Holy Land, they show that food uh, really is is a sign of God's presence, and therefore a sign of peace. So they kind of are going to be cooking for us. I'm excited about that. Oh, that's and awesome. And so I, I think you're going to be coming to that dinner. It's going to be delicious. I saw the menu, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I, I told the listeners earlier that I'm going to have to bring my uh, recorder with me and try to get a little uh, little sound clip here and there, you know? Oh, at the very least. But I'll, I, I would bring an extension on the belts, too, because we're going to eat <laughs> some amazing food. Well, I tell you, Shia you know, is... New Orleans takes their food so seriously. Uh, I, I know that New Orleans, uh, Louisiana in general, takes their food and their cuisine so seriously, but they also take their faith very seriously. And, and that's why I'm just so glad to be in New Orleans for this first ever 
in the entire United States, first time ever, a mass solely dedicated to the food, beverage, and hospitality folks. Very, very exciting. And the mass itself is going to be on Monday, and that's going to be at uh, the cathedral, right? Yeah. I mean, how awesome is it for the Archbishop of New Orleans to to see the value in something like this? So uh, when we extended an invitation or a request, he not only said, we'd not only love to have you, I'm giving to you the cathedral for the celebration, <laughs> and I would love to give you the most iconic part of New Orleans, the Ursuline Convent. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, and that's a pretty exclusive thing. It is. And they're opening that up to us for a beautiful reception. And, I mean, if this isn't going to get people, it's going to be hosted by Chef John Besh and Luke's Restaurant, oh, which wow. is just a great, great, great thing. One of my favorites. That's awesome. And, and, and you're right, you know, you mentioned the Chefs for Peace uh, earlier, and, and what a powerful, um, what a powerful testimony, huh? What a powerful witness that, that you know, food is something that brings us together. It, it's universal, uh, and, and there's certain, even though I know with the Chefs for Peace, you've got the Christians, Jewish, Muslims, different religions, and yet we all hold, like bread as an example, we all hold this to be something almost sacred, right? And of course, you know, for us oh, as Christians- Oh, no, actually, we, bread is sacred. Yes. Yeah, actually, bread is sacred to all of the three monotheistic religions, and it is a little bit of a shame that those three groups are sometimes not the most peaceful at, you know, in the Middle East, in the Holy Land. But you, you said bread is sacred, and I kind of want to refer your listeners to Michael Pollack's um, uh, series called Cooked mm-hmm. on Netflix, and he talks about bread, uh, but it's always something that we've always known in the Christian tradition. It is a sign of God's presence. And that's beautiful. It's beautiful to see them working together, and I'm so excited to, to, to know that they'll be here to uh, to help out, to serve, and to, to really to minister to us at, at Shia, and, uh, and to be part of this uh, inaugural uh, Olive Mass. Yeah, isn't it kind of funny? I mean, like, I know that you and, and, and a few other um, authors have kind of tied food and faith together, but we're actually now doing something about it. We're yeah. not just talking about it. We're actually inviting Jesus as he is inviting us to literally our conversation, and we're making the church visible once again in the food and beverage and hospitality industry. And it's just something that sometimes the church doesn't seem to ever be like a part of. You know, if I go to a restaurant and I'm wearing my clerics, you know, someone might pay for my meal or buy me a drink. And I'm, no, I'm actually ordained to serve you. So (laughs) this really just shows that the church is not in a posture of being served, but in the posture of being the servant right. to one another. And there's a group of people out there, we call them chefs, That's and right. food beverage hospitality folks who really need the church's ministries. Absolutely. And I would think especially because, you know, what they do, the work that they engage in is very demanding, first of all. But secondly, you think about this, and I've, I've had conversations with Chef John Besh about this. You know, they are working at those key hours when most families are dining, right? So if they are, if oh, yeah. they are, when if we they celebrate, have, they're, they're slaving. They're slaving, <laughs> right? And so we're, we're enjoying a meal with our family, but they're in the kitchen not enjoying a meal with their family. You see, it's, and so it, I think this is a beautiful way of reaching out to them, to ministering to them. 
and also highlighting the importance of gathering around the table, the importance of that communion, that community that, that is formed there around the table. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let's not also overlook the fact that if we were to look at the statistics of chefs, they have a higher percentage of very difficult life and lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Many marriages are at risk because of the long hours. You know, their relationship with their children are certainly pressured because they're not always there. Uh, let's just recognize that when they're in the industry, there are certain temptations, whether it be, you know, obsessions with food or, or drink and alcohol. And so they're just in very difficult, you know, working in the kitchen, they'll say, I'm in the weeds yeah. if they're kind of busy and stuck. <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, they're in a jungle right. spiritually because <laughs> they can't even come to church on Sundays and pray with us. I mean, Chef John Besh used to say he took an extended lunch break and he would just make his way to church, mm-hmm. but he'd have to run out early, right. you know, because he couldn't stay for the entire thing. But that's why I'm just so honored to have him as the chairperson with his wife, chairpersons for this event. And it was really Jen Besh idea. Oh, beautiful. Because she knew, it was really beautiful. She knew that the only reason why their marriage is strong and their family is together and they've got some success is because Jesus Christ is at the center of their table at every meal. That's right. That's right. And it's a beautiful witness for us, a beautiful thing for us to see. And it brings inspiration, I think, encouragement, you know, not only the hospitality industry, but Regular moms and dads, you know, in the kitchen at home or around the table at home, we need to see that inspiration. We need that encouragement. His life is just so busy. Which is why, you know, the invitation (laughs) is not just to, you know, superstar celebrity chefs. It's for anyone, even if they've got a mom and pop shop kind of place. Hey, if you've got some cafeteria workers, gosh, wouldn't it be wonderful if the school cafeteria lunch ladies would come? That would be just amazing. (laughs) And, And it's also for the people in the back washing dishes. You know, if they don't do their job well, we notice. Right. If they do their job well, we never notice them. And those are the secret people who we need to recognize and honor because if they are not inspired and focused, then we're not celebrating. Mm. Wow, what a what an image there for humility, huh? I mean, if they're doing their job well, Isn't then we something? don't see We don't see them. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right. <laughs> never thought about that. Well, I am excited. That's why we do it too, Jeff. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm ex- I'm very excited about him. I'm, I'm so excited to, to have a chance to see you again and to uh, to experience Thank this you, inaugural uh, Olive Mass, which is just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. Uh, if, if folks want to learn more about the Olive Mass, where, where could they go? Oh, everywhere. Really, it's in the news, and I think there's a lot of press, but directly to the thetablefoundation.org, thetablefoundation.org, or go to my website, Grace Before Meals, and click on the button for The Table Foundation. Um, And I know that, you know, we'd love to have as many people out there as possible, but they just simply have to register, uh, and it's free. The Olive Mass is free, obviously, as well as the reception. That's free as well. We just want to get a head count and also just kind of develop an opportunity to keep our communication going. 
Right, right. Absolutely. And also just for ease of use, you know, with the show notes for this show, uh, I will put the link there to uh, the Olive Mass and all your your links as well, Grace Before Meals and the Table Foundation right. uh, over at catholicfoodie.com. So they'll be available to, um, to listeners if they're used to going over and checking the show notes. And uh, we all running out of time on the show. I'm so glad we're able to get you in, Father Leo. This is fantastic. And uh, as My we pleasure. begin to, to uh, part, would you mind giving us your priestly blessing? Sure, and we give you thanks, Almighty God, for these and all thy benefits through Christ our Lord. And may Almighty God bless us all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And uh, I guess until Sunday, bon appetit. <laughs> thank you so much, Father Leo. That's awesome. My pleasure. Thank you, and talk with you soon.